welcome to the first episode of Heart of the Bookkeeper for 2023. My name is Rob Marshall and it continues to astound us as to the amazing responses we get on a weekly basis as to how much you are enjoying the podcast and more specifically, how welcomed it is to hear the journeys of unsung heroes and real people in our bookkeeping community who have made a difference and continue to make a difference. Today's guest is no orphan when it comes to making a difference. Sarah Parkinson of Diverse Bookkeeping is a multi-award-winning bookkeeper that has indeed found that making a difference has its rewards. A major point of difference for Sarah is that she has created a successful bookkeeping practice in an area of Australia that is about as remote as it comes, in a tiny town five hours west of Brisbane. The story of Sarah and her amazing team at Diverse is one that you will want to listen to, I reckon, and I encourage you to absolutely do so. This is the story of a farmer's daughter who has embraced Australian rural life and taken it to a whole new level. So sit back and enjoy Heart of the Bookkeeper, episode 21, The Amazing Sarah Parkinson. Absolutely my greatest thrill to have a bookkeeper joining us today on Heart of the Bookkeeper that I'm really, really looking forward to to having a chat with. Sarah Parkinson, welcome to Heart of the Bookkeeper. Thank you very much, Rob. I'm going to kick off with, I need some help with this one, Sarah, before we get going. Sarah is a, uh, uh, an award-winning bookkeeper in Queensland. We're going to get to the award-winning bit a little bit later. But a little bit of information on uh, on Sarah. She currently is residing in a place. Now I'm going to try my best to say this. Is it Dulaka? Have I got that right, Sarah? Close, yeah, Dulaka. Dulaka, right? Okay. Tell me a little bit about Dulaka. Where where is where the heck is Dulaka? <laughs> Dulaka is uh, about five hours west of Brisbane in Western Queensland. So it is a. It, I mean, it's hardly a town, but there is one hot pink pub and a, a small service station. So I, I am married to a farmer and I live on a cattle and cropping property here with our, you know, with my husband and our children. So you're straight in my hitting zone, straight up being a regional girl living on a farm, um, very much part of my uh, upbringing and my background growing up in regional Western Australia. But I, I got to take this Delaca thing a bit further. I grew up in a place called Harvey, you know, very much cattle and beef, you know, very similar to you. But so you say it's a very small town. So is it actually a town or is it just a location or, um, you know, is there a community as such? It's a, it's a community. I mean, you can't go to the shops there. There is, I think the population is 180 or something, probably wow. of the area, not even of the town. So it's a very small pin on the map, uh, but it's an absolutely sensational community to, to live in and we're only an hour from some major centres. So uh, right. it's a great right. place to live. It sounds absolutely glorious. So west of Brisbane, so we're heading obviously towards us here in Western Australia, but uh, like we're talking, 
is it you know hot desert or is it uh, we got some well if you're growing cattle you must have uh, some some decent weather from time to time uh, well this is farming country so you know we do have great seasons here and have been lucky enough to the last couple of years here uh, it's I mean it's not like arid like you would see further west of Roma in the likes of, you know, Charleville and Kanamala. We're not in that sort of country. And there's still far, there's farming in this area, so that gives you an indication that it's pretty good soil. But, I mean, yes. all the things you expect of the Australian outback or countryside, it, nice. um, sometimes it rains a lot, sometimes it never rains. Uh, so you get to yeah. everything. Beautiful. Okay, I'm going to throw the challenge out there to those tuning in to Heart of the Bookkeeper today. Maybe uh, in the social media notes or wherever you picked up this podcast, you can put some comments or whatever. Um, I'm going to throw the challenge out there. Anybody who's not in Queensland listening to this who can honestly say they've been to Delaca or when they went to Delaca and what their experience was. I've already put it on my roadmap. I'm definitely going to come and say hi at some point, Sarah. Sounds fascinating. Well, you have like to I go right in the pub. It's quite an icon. <laughs> the pink pub. Okay, I can't get past a pink pub. What's going on with the pink pub? What's that, what's that all it's about? It's just literally hot pink. It's owned by a yeah, fabulous <laughs> young couple uh, that have done a great job of doing it up and it's yeah. you get a great feed. Like many uh, rural rural places, the pub is the you know the dead center of town. That's uh, well, not the dead center. It's just the the place to go, isn't it? And I uh, I joked with you earlier that uh, we might uh, catch up sometime and have a chicken palmy and and and, the, and a beer. So the the pink hot pub might be the way to go. So looking forward to that one day, Sarah. But we're here to talk uh, your journey and your bookkeeping journey in particular. The lacquer isn't hasn't always been. Your home. I note that uh, you are a Queensland girl, though, through and through. Um, where tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Okay, well, I actually grew up in Roma, which is only one hour from Delaca. So I've somehow miraculously ended up <laughs> quite close to where I grew up, which is wonderful. I'm close enough and not too close, so it's great. Uh, so I grew up in the wonderful community of Roma. Uh, and uh, uh, on a cattle co- uh, cattle operation there, and yeah. uh, you know, with my my parents and my brother and sister, and then we I went away to boarding school uh, when I hit high school, and I actually went to boarding school on the Gold Coast, and then yeah. from there I uh, went to Brisbane to to uni. And, you know, several years after that, I actually met my husband. And so I met him in the city and he worked in in Brisbane in Waterfront Place, which is, you know, quite a well-known building. And I thought that I'd um, really struck out and done a great job and then I find out (laughs) he's from uh, Kanamala, which, you know, that is the Wild West um, out here and that his family actually owned a plate, this property at Delaca. So that's how I came to be at Delaca, which, yeah, it's quite wonderful. Well, and, and, you know, quite special given that it's not too far out of your hitting zone from your, your growing up years. Just circling back still to those growing up years, was there, I've asked this question of many of our guests in the past, was there any hint perhaps now you look back 
that suggested that you might end up, you know, doing finance, accounting or bookkeeping or was it, you know, always going to be, you know, cattle farming or hairdressing or nursing or something else? No? Uh, no, I've always <laughs> been quite entrepreneurial. So when I was a yep. kid, I was the person that was, I, you know, I started a little business selling uh, eggs on the school bus and, I, <laughs> you know, I bought chickens. I, I fully developed this whole concept and even though all the neighbours had chooks of their own, they were buying my eggs. <laughs> um, I, I used to plait these key rings at school that became like oh, a craze yeah. and then I had all my yes. friends plaiting and creating these, you know, coloured key <laughs> rings and selling them. Uh, so I've always been a bit out of the box, a little bit different yeah. Um, yeah. in in, you know, I've yeah, always loved business. My uh, my dad's really entrepreneurial and has done, you know, some different things in the ag space. Uh, and so I, I, I always loved business. I did well at business and accounting at school, but I didn't when I was leaving school, accounting and finance wasn't at the forefront of my mind and I started a marketing and public relations degree when I left school. So I I, right. I kind of went to the more creative side uh, yeah. and then I've just realised over time, which I'm sure we're going to go through that, but how I came to be in this space and then now I've realised, no, this is the right fit for me and this is what I absolutely love doing. Absolutely. And uh, I'm going to assure the listeners, Sarah and I have barely ever met before. Uh, we're uh, not acquaintances up until probably just about today very much. But Sarah, you, you're almost the uh, the Queensland female version of Rob Marshall. Your upbringing is almost identical to mine. Cattle farmer, uh, had a dad who was entrepreneurial, who did stuff in the egg space, invented a super spreader that farmers are still using all around Australia to this day. So very similar. You lost me though at the creative bit. There is not a creative uh, piece in my body, I don't reckon, but uh, certainly the entrepreneurial upbringing and uh, my, I wasn't selling eggs on the uh, the school bus because I'm allergic to eggs, but I was selling mandarins. So oh. there you go. We're uh, very similar. <laughs> so I'm loving this story. Um, the, the, the listeners are going, oh, come on, move on. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's one that's very familiar to me. So I'm loving this already. How cool. You mentioned that you went, went into marketing and PR. Is that something you kind of look back now and go, that's where you thought you were headed only to find out you weren't really there or was that just a period of time, you know, a, a time in your life that you, you look back with and go, yeah, you're glad you achieved some, kick some goals with marketing and PR? Oh, well, I think that it's one of those things that everything you did and went through led you to where you are today. So I, yeah. uh, I, I loved marketing and PR and I, so I obviously went on to complete that degree, but I found it very, um, you know, it was a lot of pressure to always be continually coming up with new ideas and, you know, promoting people's products or whatever it was that I was working in. Yeah. So I ended up, I yep. worked in, um, you know, I did a range of things after I finished my degree, but I ended up working in real estate and then in the marketing department. So I wasn't an agent. And then I went on to work for myself. So I went out on my own and I was kind of 
you know, like a freelance marketing consultant and then I grew that and uh, had a couple of staff. But then I just found that after some years that I, it was just a lot of pressure to be continually coming up with fresh concepts and innovating and always trying to sell something. Yeah. So that I went on from there to to have a food business. So I created a uh, like a gourmet deli okay. that I, so this is back before Coles Online and Woolies Online. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of connected local farmers with uh, consumers in, in the Brisbane area and I created this company, which I, I grew. Again, I did that for about six years. So then I started, instead of being the person uh, selling you know, or, you know, or doing the marketing for other people's companies. I was, you know, doing it for my own and growing my own company. And then that's what led me, ended up leading to the bookkeeping, which I'm, yeah, I'm sure you're getting to. But I, I loved marketing. I just, it's not, it's very ambiguous. Everything's open to interpretation. So then once I really got into finance and bookkeeping, I love that there's a right and a wrong answer. <laughs> So I love that it's um, black and white. So are you trying to tell me maybe subconsciously that you created Click and Collect at uh, Coles and Woolies? Is that what you're saying? Or? I would love to make that outlandish claim. Yeah. But no, in the words of my mother, though, you were just before your time, darling. Time, yeah. So Look at it you. was one wow. of those ventures that I did, I mean, I grew it. I had 15, 20 staff and, you know, it was a significant company, which I sold when I was getting married, but it was probably just a whole learning experience and, yeah. and gave me a real appreciation for what it's like to be the person on the front line juggling, you know, multiple pressures, not fully understanding what your compliance obligations may be. Uh, you know, yeah. and I just now I can um, empathise with a business owner because I know exactly what that's like. I've walked in those shoes. So just sort of continuing a bit of the timeline, you you uh, met this strapping young man who was literally straight out of the Wild West, as you called it. Uh, Rowan, is it? Is that your husband? Yes, um, yeah. And you've been married, uh, from my notes, about 12 years. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And along the way, some children have come along and are uh, helping out on the farm. Yes, I do. So I have a son, Archer, daughters, Emily and Zoe. So uh, ages, what do I have, nine, eight and six. So they certainly keep right. things lively. My son's been, uh, he's been driving the chaser van lately. So he's um, <laughs> amazingly helpful for a nine-year-old. They do come in handy, especially as they get a little bit older on the farm, I reckon. So, uh, yeah, that's a really good. I, I want to um, now, we've been sort of saying it a couple of times, I want to sort of move into your your time in bookkeeping and I'm going to call out the fact that um, I think your marketing and PR skills have, are on great display by your website, fabulous website. I'm going to call it out, diversebc.com.au. Um, so for if you're tuning in and you're listening and you want to know a little bit more about Sarah and her team, go to DiverseBC, um, so that's where diverse and then bc.com.au. Uh, 
really oh, congratulations on your website for a start. Looks really spectacular. I I, I think anyway. Oh, thank you. Leaves, leaves mine a little bit behind. You 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 mentioned that um, you know you started to evolve into bookkeeping. How, tell us how that came about. What, many of our guests in the past have, have said they've almost fallen into bookkeeping. Is that that how it worked for you? Yeah, uh, yeah, sort of. I mean, I did pursue it. So I, when I was leaving Brisbane because we were getting married, and uh, my husband decided he wanted to move back to the family farm and leave banking. Uh, what he'd been doing. So I I was selling my food business in Brisbane, but I had, over time, I had engaged a bookkeeper. So I'd obviously learnt bookkeeping or I'd been one of those nightmare business owners that wanted to know how to do things themselves. <laughs> and um, because it, you know, developed into quite a large business, I there was a large volume. So I had a bookkeeper that helped me and then I, there were some components that I did myself. And so when I was moving out west, I, I was, suddenly realising I didn't want to have children straight away and I was wondering what am I going to do? I'm going from this really intense, hectic uh, life and I, I, I'm I, not like the typical farmer's wife Like I'm, and I'm no cowgirl, I don't rope and ride, like I'm not <laughs> that kind. I love where we live, I'm interested in the farm and what goes on and I have you know obviously strong agricultural knowledge from my upbringing but it's not my passion Uh, so I was trying to find something that I could do remotely from working at Delaca and I said to my bookkeeper uh, well you know you always have too much work to do and, you know, ha- haven't been able to find anyone to help you. So what about I start helping you from Delaca? So I uh, yep. started working for my old bookkeeper, Colleen, uh, remotely. And so then after some time and I was really enjoying helping her out and I Eventually, we went into business together. So uh, that was how it started. And that was about eight years ago now, I think, roughly. Um, so I, mm-hmm. we migrated from me working for her as an employee to then being business partners. And, and then over time, I ended up, uh, well, we parted ways um, because, Colleen realised that she loved, you know, the aspects of bookkeeping that she loved with the flexibility, working on her own and, uh, you know, working closely with a small group of clients, whereas I was more keen to explore growth and and build a team and and those sorts of things. So that that's kind of how it yep. all started. Yeah. And and I think that part of it that you've just explained now is is one that fascinates me is that within our community, within the bookkeeping community, we do have those who have different approaches. You know, you've got the what we call the solopreneur that just prefers to you know, a bit like your your partner Colleen, was it? Um, who just you know, prefers to keep a small group of, of clients and to be able to have that flexibility to turn on, turn off or whatever. And then 
then we have those who are looking to grow their bookkeeping practice, and clearly that's where you were landing. And I don't think I don't think any of us would say one way or the other is right, wrong, or otherwise. You know, basically it's what works or fits best for you, and we celebrate either of, of those approaches. And there's some middle ground somewhere even on on those situations. So. I have noted that, you know, if you go to diversebc.com.au, you've got quite a team now, which is exceptional for, in fact, it looks to me like you've hired all 180 people that are in Dulaka. Is that that (laughs) correct or (laughs) that's what it looks like? No. How how many have you got on team now? Uh, We have 25, uh, I think it is around at the moment. Uh, So we have built a strong you know, fantastic team. And I do employ a few people from the district uh, out where I am. Yes. Uh, but I, I love offering opportunities to other, you know, to rural and regionally based women, wherever they may be. And we also do still employ um, quite a few people in metropolitan areas as well. So we have a good balance. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for me personally, I just wanted to explore what I could do with this and to challenge myself and to be uninhibited by the typical constraints of, you know, of thinking uh, like I needed to do it all myself or how could I share the knowledge that I had and I and that's what led me to the growth. So I just started thinking about how could I systemise this and, and make it so that I could bring other people on the journey as well and still offer the same or a similar client experience. One of the things that you just said, I know, you know, in a quick phone call we had um, recently, you mentioned it as well, is that you, you do have an understanding of the challenges that do exist for regional women, perhaps more so than, than in some instances, and we're not calling out that, you know, women who live in metro areas, in metropolitan areas, don't have challenges as well. They're, they're, the challenges are there. They're just different. Um, what is it that you think that regional women, you know, probably struggle with at times the most? And, and what are the things with your experience of employing some of those women, seeing them bloom from having the opportunity to do something like bookkeeping? Mm. Well, I think it's a lack of work opportunities. Like there's seriously only you know, limited work opportunities due to where you're located. And then, I mean, this has all evolved and changed like and been accelerated with since COVID and now that it's so socially acceptable to work remotely. Like, I mean, it was something I struggled with, you know, in my earlier years of diverse, uh, you, you know, we did have an office in Brisbane uh, which the team would work from even though I was remote. And when I was speaking to clients, you're almost just by omission giving the impression that there are, that I am in Brisbane, um, whereas that's yeah. something now that over time and after COVID I can be really open about uh, and say, well, actually, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm yeah. calling you from Delaca in Western Queensland and, and that the clients love this as much as I do now. Uh, so I think, I mean, regionally, it's just a lack of opportunity. So what's so great about working at Diverse is that 
you get to, you know, work with these clients doing really cool, innovative, exciting things. Like we might be working on the books for a new trendy bar that's opening or a brewery or so many interesting things um, going on. And I just get so inspired and interested in what they're doing and how they're Mm -hmm. doing it. And I find that really interesting than for me personally than if I was, you know, going and uh, assisting with the farm, you know, out on the farm or the farm books or whatever that may be. And it really plays to the name of the business and I'm guessing there was some intent in it, the diverse name, you know, and that's uh, that's what you've called out. Uh, you know, it well, is, I'd love it to is claim something that. quite diverse. I'd love to claim it, but it, it, Colleen's surname was Diver and she created the diverse brand. So when I joined yeah. uh, that that brand was already in existence, but it's evolved over time and we've really uh, built on that foundation and embraced it in that. So yeah, working with diverse is all about like getting it done differently, looking at things differently, yeah. not do, not just having the same approach because that's the way it's always been done. And so it is really a reflection of, um, you know, my approach and, and my team um, today. So, it, yeah, it is interesting how it started though. Well, I think that that's, well, I don't know how fate works, but I think that's fate. I think you've just about landed in the perfect company name for the for what you offer and uh and and I'm I'm really glad you're calling this out. We've got our um our ICB summit coming up very soon and 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 very much this year we're calling we we are calling out that you need to 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 have a nimble and flexible approach and a diverse approach to bookkeeping moving forward from 2023 and beyond. Um, you know, it's a. I think most of our members, and, and including yourself, would acknowledge. You know, COVID has changed lots, and, and it's just a changing space all the time. So you have to be prepared to to try a few different things and to to give things a go. So uh, I think you're the poster girl for that at the moment, right now, Sarah. So well done on that. Um, and and I like the fact that you were honest. You know, you didn't claim the diverse name, but yeah, I, I still think you're being a bit humble about the clicking collect collect thing. I, re- I reckon you should be putting that out there a bit more, you know. So, <laughs> um, I, I'm, this year, you are actually our first full guest for 2023 on Heart of the Bookkeeper. So we've moved into a new season of uh, this podcast. I'm going to uh, divert our conversation just for a few moments to introduce a new thing on Heart of the Bookkeeper for this year that I'm calling the Subsidiary Ledger. Now, I, I think in in bookkeeping, one of the most underrated skills is to be able to nail your subsidiary ledgers, you know, your debtors, your creditors. I, I taught it for years in Cert 4 and, and sadly, I don't see that in in the education for bookkeeping a lot these days. We just assume, you know, obviously the software works with it really well and back in the day, we would have our subsidiary ledgers that we draw up to the side. So, I'm calling this the subsidiary ledger and all it is is some very quick questions you can give uh, quick answers to if you like, just to, to understand a little bit more about Sarah Parkinson, just a sort of little bit of a tangent away from, um, you know, working on the farm and working with diverse. So here we go. We'll see how you go. So first question is favourite decade? Oh, 
Oh, it'd have to be the 2000s. Um, I'm just the 2000s. After, okay. Yeah, leaving school, and uh, that was just a great time for me and and in my life. Yeah, well, and and basically anybody who's going to reflect on a decade as being their favourite is going to go straight to the one that was the best in their life. Now I'm going to, I'm going to show my age. Mine was the 1970s, but there you go. That's uh, that's sort of uh, given given a bit away. I was only you know one at the time, but I remember it well. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting question. Uh, my wife, she she's a an 80s girl, you know, like like me, you know, we're, well, I'm not an 80s girl, I'm an 80s guy, but, uh, you know, we love the 80s, we love the music, stuff like that, but she'll quite often tote out the 1950s as one of her oh. favorites. She just loved the styles and, you know, the look. Yeah, it's the noughties, that's what the... Yes, yeah, the noughties, yeah, that's right, I'd forgotten that term, the noughties, yeah. <laughs> very good. All right, we'll move on to, to number two, very easy. This one, I reckon... Are you a cat person or a dog person? Dog person. I do love cats too, yeah, dog. Though, but, yeah, we have beautiful <laughs> chocolate Labradors, so... Oh, lovely! Yes, um, I can. I can hear a few listeners going, "Oh, a lab! You can't uh, go past a lab." I was sort of thinking maybe you'd have kelpie or border collie, but you've gone the lab, no, so that's no, beautiful. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right, number three. Now, this might circle to where I think it's going to go, but it might not either. What What would you rate as your greatest achievement? Oh, well, I, would, I mean, it has to be diverse. Are you meant to rank that above having your children and a <laughs> successful marriage? I, I'm not sure. And perhaps I would say, maybe I would say my marriage. Well, that's probably a good. Yeah, good. So, I mean, if you're looking at personal and professional, like your whole life, to me, uh, we had three children in three years. Like things have been. My husband wow. has a, um, you know, runs a large agricultural business. I've, you know, grown diverse exponentially over recent years. Like there's been a lot of pressure, um, and I think keeping you know, the home fires burning and having a strong, happy marriage is probably yep. something that I'm, I really value and I'm really proud of. And then beyond that, well, I, I'm obviously really proud of what I've achieved with Diverse and last year winning the Zero Partner of the Year and the Australian Accounting Industry Bookkeeping Team Award, like that was um felt really great to uh, after the effort that I've put in. Yeah, and, and we are going to touch on that a little bit more in a moment. Last, last question in our subsidiary ledger. If you could have one person from history over for tea tonight, who would it be? Oh. Anybody. Anybody you one want. One person from history. That is a big one. question. Yeah. Um, that's a big question. I have so many people. Uh, I mean, I'd one. be interested. I mean, one thing that comes to mind is uh, John Howard. Just around, I saw him speak yes. once about uh, mm -hmm. having a an Australian culture, which was like one culture with while still embracing multiculturalism. Anyway, that is something that comes to mind. I'd be interested to unpack that further. Uh, 
He is a fascinating man. So uh, we'll go with John Howard. I'm a fan. Um, we won't go into the politics yeah, or anything like that, but he just is a he is an interesting he is an interesting person. I had this amazing experience myself, Sarah. I had a major heart attack. Some know the uh, the story of Rob Marshall, and some don't. But I had a major heart attack back in 2017, and just through a whole heap of circumstances. And this is your story, not mine. So we won't go too deep. But I found myself less than a week later through some circumstances at the Wacker in Perth for the last ever Ashes Test match to be played at the Wacker and sitting next to all day John Howard in a private box. So him and I got to chat exclusively at length. So uh, I can assure you he'd be a a wonderful guest to have over for tea tonight. So uh, I don't have the connection. I should have got his card, I suppose, but I didn't. <laughs> but uh, he, he is a very, very interesting man to uh, to have a conversation with. Let's go into the the achievements of Diverse because last year was huge for you. It was a massive year. So Zero Partner of the Year, um, tell us a little bit about that night and or that day or that, that event. How did that all unfold for you? Um really interesting because it's something that I've really aspired to over the years. Like I've put in our application every year and put a lot of effort into it and I'd felt that we were doing some innovative things and so I was I was so excited to be a finalist and so I mean that would have ticked my box and then to win uh it just felt significant for me for being somebody that hadn't necessarily come from the accounting bookkeeping industry originally and, you know, have been largely self-taught. It just felt very validating. And then uh, it was an amazing experience to go to Melbourne for the, the awards. It was a little bit unusual because I went by yourself so, um, mm. and it was uh, like harvest time here. So I, my husband was, uh, had to stay behind. Uh, so it would have been nice to share it with somebody, but it was yeah. a fantastic yeah. experience and one that, yeah, something that I really cherished. And should be extremely proud of. I mean, um, Zero are kicking some serious goals around Australia and, and uh, to be named Zero Partner of the Year is is no no small achievement, Sarah. So congratulations, well done. And then, then it just got better because next minute you're at the Australian Accounting Industry Awards. Uh, it's referred to as From the Trenches. Now, if you don't know what, for those who don't know, From the Trenches is another podcast. If you haven't tuned in, you could go and have a listen to From the Trenches. It's an interesting podcast, that one. I listened to it and it, uh, it, they certainly uh, dive deep into different issues when it comes to bookkeeping and accounting. But the Australian Accounting Industry Awards back in December, early parts of December, so not that long ago. And I, I'm guessing... You know, being named Zero Partner of the Year was unbelievably, um, you must be very proud. But to, the one you won, the award you won there was the Bookkeeping Team of the Year Award. And, and that must have given you a lot of satisfaction because that calls out a team, doesn't it? That really calls yeah. out all the all those that, you know, are on your website, all those people from the lacquer and all around who, who put in so much effort for Diverse. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Well, the Zero Partner of the Year was Zero Bookkeeping partner of the year but okay. yep, absolutely right. yep. like it's not I mean 
it's interesting now the size that the practice has become. It's not me as an individual. It's like I I stoked yes. the fires, I got it going, and and now it's really beautiful to watch your team thrive in the environment that you've created. So it's all it's absolutely all about what diverse is doing, not what Sarah's doing. And those those awards are yeah. a reflection of that for me. Um, it was really exciting to be recognised by the industry. And unfortunately, I had COVID, so I couldn't attend those awards oh. because it would have been oh, no. amazing to take my team, take, take or, you know, take a yeah. part of the team. And um, that would have been fantastic. But no, I was, it just, when it rains, it pours, doesn't it? So it was, yeah, um, yeah it felt <laughs> brilliant. Well, I feel like, you know, banging the drumbeat now, you know, and the winner is if you've missed it. But, uh, yeah, that's that's sad that you had COVID. But congratulations as well on that award. That is an amazing <laughs> award. And like you say, you know, to recognise team is really, really important. And do you feel as though it's kind of put us a, a bit of a spring in the step of the team or, you know, and have had some opportunities come out the back end of that that you weren't, you know, weren't aware might come from that? Oh, absolutely. Like it's about, uh, I mean, it gives you some clout and I think that it makes my team re- be really proud of where they work and, yeah. uh, and yep. I mean, we obviously have what I believe to be a high uh, quality standard, but, it, it, you know, they can stand behind that. It's been recognised and it's also great for recruitment because we like we did grow in 12 months from nine team members to 25. Uh, So we've had to do a lot of, there's been significant recruitment and to then, you know, stand out from the crowd and be able to say, uh, you know, we've got these awards behind us um, makes, makes a huge difference. And also for the clients, I think that they have, uh, particularly if you're pitching for new work, to be able to say that you've got this recognition behind you, it just gives you more uh, yeah, clout or va- validation, so authority. Um, so it's been it's been fantastic and I, yeah, I look forward to seeing what we can build on from here. I want to sort of just finish off. So, again, congratulations. That's amazing. And and like you say, and, and I've been fortunate myself to have won a few awards, accounting awards over the time, and I echo what you say. It, it really does. It opens doors. I, I won um, my MYOB Partner of the Year back in 2011, and within, I think it was three weeks, I found myself in Papua New Guinea, you know, and that was purely because I'd won that award, you know, teaching a major company in Papua New Guinea how to use MYOB. So it does open some bizarre doors. I'd never thought I'd go to Papua New Guinea in my life, but uh, it was it was quite amazing the doors that were open. And we we celebrate all our award winners in you know, across all our different softwares and different awards that are happening these days. Um, so anyone listening in who has won an award, congratulations. But I, I wanted to tune into the sort of tap into the side of it that possibly some that perhaps people who haven't won an award yet are experiencing right now. And that is, uh, and I don't think anyone really necessarily goes hard to win an award, but the reality is it doesn't come without a lot of 
challenges and a lot of effort and a lot of, you know, moments where you question what you're doing and stuff like that. I, I've noticed, um, Sarah, that, you know, just in a little bit of a brief you gave me, you you mentioned that there has been times when you have, you've had your struggles with self-confidence and I just thought maybe you might want to share a little bit about that and, and, and how you maybe have overcome that, if you've got any tips for perhaps some newer bookkeepers in the space or those who are struggling a bit at the moment? Uh, well, it's a big challenge. So, I I mean, I'm quite an extroverted person, so I probably come across as really confident. But bookkeeping and accounting, like, it's complex. It's not easy to know yeah. The answer to every scenario, and uh, so, and particularly because it's not like I came to this with an accounting degree. I've obviously, I do, I you know, I've done my cert four and all of those things now, as I am a bus agent. But I did. There were just times when I uh, suffered with my self confidence to know, you know, do you know what you're doing? Should you keep going? Who are you yeah. to? advise this person and you just get a little bit shaky. Um, so yep. I, one of my favourite sayings is um, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is the little voice at the end of the day that just says, I will try again tomorrow. And Oh, that's wonderful. I just yeah, have done I like that. that. I have just kept going. So, you know, I've had, as everybody does and you experience over the time, like, there's, I, you know, I've been yelled at, I've been abused, I've been, you know, you've had every scenario, I've been devastated when I've lost a client, I've been over the moon when I got another one. Like there's, there's just so many yeah. highs and lows and I think just building your self-confidence through education. Uh, so I'm a member of ICB, I've got that support when I've needed it to have a place that I could ask questions and I've been, I mean, one of the wonderful things about being a bookkeeper is you don't need to have all the answers. Like I can work with the client's yeah. accountant and uh, I, yeah. I feel just being open-minded and working with other people, then they've been happy to help me and then I've, I've built my self-confidence through that. And I think just the more you do it, like just get up and keep going and keep thinking, well, that was just another learning experience. Now I know I won't do that again and I will learn from it. And I don't know, like if you have a, a difficult client experience, well, you'll tweak your engagement letter or you'll be more wary yeah. next time when you're assessing if they're a good client fit for you. There's just all those things that, evolve but I think just keep keep going like it's a marathon it's not a sprint and and you will you will get there and you will reach success if you keep going because people just give up and then that's that's um you know seeing it through is where you really win I love that and we're almost going to leave that as a, a bit of a full stop that there's some real gold in there and I Sarah, I think we've all been on that journey. You know, I think anybody who says that they didn't have any challenges and they, you know, didn't doubt themselves through setting up, you know, and I'm specifically talking about those who've grown bookkeeping businesses over the journey. Um, I think, well, I'd be amazed if there's many who can say they didn't have those sort of challenges. Uh, at the height of, of, of my growth of my own practice, 
every morning I'd get up and sit on the side of my bed and I'll be honest that I would rock and I would just go, why am I doing this and, and, and what, what's going on here? You know, I, I was questioning myself constantly, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And then that uh, little small voice, maybe not the roar, but the small voice would say, come on, you know, you have a vision, you know, you know, you, you know where you're wanting to take this and, and I'd be up and about and away I'd go. But I, I was doubting myself regularly. So I think uh, your story is a, is a great one to tell and we appreciate you doing that and some, and some, and some little tidbits in there as to perhaps uh, that might perhaps help some of those who are going through that at the moment. And even once you do have some successes, I'm sure you'd agree with me, you know, even still you have those challenges and those doubts and those moments as well. So it's not like they completely go away. Winning an award is is nice vindication though. It is. But I love the clarity now, like because I'm starting to get clearer on exactly what it is that I personally want, but then what it is that will see diverse succeed. And I'm less... uh, swayed by new and shiny objects, I guess. Like I've got much more clarity about staying on one path and and what we're good at and who we can service, like who's a great person to be part of our team. Uh, and that feels great to, uh, you know, to have that clarity. And But, of course, there's always, always, challenges and uh, you know, different yeah. exciting things that pop up to keep life interesting. I'm going to finish on this point, on this last point. You know, I want everyone to uh, absolutely enjoy what you've just said, Sarah, because it's, it's, it's really, really, it is gold in my opinion. But you, again, we, uh, we touched base very briefly just in the lead up to this podcast. And one small question I asked you was, uh, has there been anybody or anything that's been influential and inspirational in your life to date? And you sent me back a response that I have no idea what this means. So I need some explanation. This is just for me. Others can tune out right now if they want to. But you responded with Meryl's Bean Ninja's story. <laughs> and I, I need to understand what is Meryl Bean's oh, story? Yeah, what, what is that? Everybody knew Meryl. <laughs> Um, Meryl started Bean Ninjas, which is a online uh, e-commerce specialist bookkeeping practice. So she, ah, okay. uh, you know, and that that was uh, a really interesting firm to to follow. They worked remotely. Uh, she'd systemized, and uh, they had a global team. And they were growing that practice and and still are. And so I just found that a really inspirational story. They had a podcast or they do have a podcast. And so she was a person that I really listened intently to everything she said and all of the episodes and read all her blog posts and all of those things. And I've been lucky right. enough to meet her now and be in contact with her. So that was a person that I felt had... Uh, done similar things to what I wanted to achieve, but in a different industry, in a different way to what I wanted to do. But it proved to me that it could be done. Well, there you go. I was going to ask, have you got any podcast uh, recommendations? And I'm guessing you're going to go with um, Meryl Bean Ninja Stories. Yeah, so uh, uh, I'm guessing they're still out there. So uh, They would be yeah. still out there and they, that was really interesting. But, no, I really love um, uh, listening to uh, Big Dreams, Great Teams. 
Um, that's a really great okay. podcast yep. by Paula Maidens, and I've worked with Paula uh, quite a bit, and that's really about uh, empowering and working with your team so that they can step up and thrive and help you right. without being yep. more of a headache. Um, so it's about working yes. through those leadership challenges. I think she's got some really great podcast episodes. Right, great. Well, there's some great recommendations for those tuning in who are uh, getting on the podcast uh, sort of bandwagon and we're seeing the growth of podcasting going through the roof these days. So it's great to have some, again, using your word, diverse or diversity to, to listen to. So there's some great recommendations there. I've got to say, you know, I read Meryl Bean Ninja Stories and my head just went straight to Kung Fu Panda for some <laughs> reason. I don't know why, but uh, I, could, I really was struggling to know what that was. So I'm so glad you've explained that to me and I'll uh, I'll jump on it straight away and have a listen, I reckon. Um, but Sarah, and, I, I'm, and I'm kind of hoping you'll add to the, uh, the the podcast fave list, you know, maybe part of the bookkeeper. We, we'll run with that one as being a fave as well, perhaps. You don't have to say that, but I will. Uh, there you of go. <laughs> Sarah, it has been an absolute delight to have you on Heart of the Bookkeeper today. It's been, uh, uh, you've got a great, a wonderful story. I called that out at the start and I think there's going to uh, be plenty of people who will take inspiration from from your story and I, and I really loved your honesty, especially calling out the fact that we need to acknowledge that, that bookkeeping is a, is a wonderful practice to be in but there are some challenges and it's still one of those communities that at times and you you sort of, you know, kind of Im, not embellish this, but um, your situation alone, the, the the remoteness of where you are can bring about isolation in our community and yet you've found a way to, to get past that and to bring plenty of uh, incredible ladies around you. And I'm sure, you know, you've already mentioned winning the award, but you, you must be excessively proud of, of your team and what they're, what they're achieving. And um, I want to congratulate you on what you have achieved to date. And uh, you're still uh, very young and got plenty to, to come, um, Sarah Parkinson. So thank you for joining us today on Heart of the Bookkeeper. Thank you very much for having me, Rob. It was lovely. Thanks, Sarah. Sarah, what an exceptional story that you have just told. So honest and so open and thank you for sharing this with us in this episode. The way that you have accepted the challenges of being in remote rural Australia and yet have created a bookkeeping practice with incredible effectiveness is a journey I am so glad that we have been able to capture. Keep delivering on your desire to be challenged and accept those challenges in the way that you have done so, so well, so far. And we wish you and your husband Rowan and the three kids all the very best for the future and the many challenges that farming also brings with it. I must admit, I thought at one point in this episode we were heading in the direction of a possible episode of Farmer Meets a Wife. However, bookkeeping found its way back in. Thank you again for joining us today, Sarah. And thank you the listener for joining us today on Heart of the Bookkeeper. We have a very special and humbling episode of Heart of the Bookkeeper coming up in our next episode. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, we love your heart.